Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. We've got a new trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad and Disney moves a bunch of their movies. Well, let's, uh, let's just get into it, hey? Let's just get straight to trailer talk. And yeah, well, let's nab out that Suicide Squad trailer. This is James Gunn. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Uh, this is the first full trailer that we're getting. There's Harley Quinn, there's Idris Elba, there's John Cena, um, and there's a shark voiced by Sylvester Stallone because why not? <laughs> so August 6th, this movie's yeah. coming, yeah. Um, and we've got our, I want to say our first look, but our first like real good meaty look at this, at this movie. And it looks batshit crazy. Oh, in nuts. the best way. In in the I, best way. With everything happening, I like how is it Amanda Waller? Is that a, is that the character's name? I yeah, always also known as forget. the Wall. Yeah, the Wall. I like how her expression is the same in every shot, and it's a reaction to something batshit crazy happening on screen, and she's just like straight faced, not impressed, a little bit upset as well, like internally, and she's trying not to show it. I like that. Because at least that means that this movie is going to have some sort of like ground to it. There's going to be a, a, you know what I mean? Like there's a straight character. Good. And then there's all this crazy shit happening. So much crazy shit. And and a lot of the posters say, because they've released like a bunch of character posters, don't get attached. <laughs> I mean, this is the Suicide Squad. The, these characters do have bombs in their heads. Amanda Waller as the detonator. Mm. We're going to lose characters in this movie, but wow, there is there is so much so much going on. Sylvester Stallone, let's start there. He's voicing King Shark, and wow, I um I saw people asking Gun online, "Hey, how did you get Stallone in this movie?" And he basically just said, "Do you want to voice a shark?" <laughs> Stallone's <laughs> like, "Anything for you, yeah, brother." Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah, right. I'll do it. I'll do it. That's what he said. But it wasn't until I'd seen the trailer a couple of times that I found out it was actually Stallone. And then when you go back, you're like, well, of course it is. If not Stallone, you know it's somebody like, doing a Stallone impression. I mean, with a lot of with all the characters and stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of quick little scenes. You don't get too much of a lot of them. You know, there's Harley Quinn again. We've seen her before. She's still looking just as crazy. Some returning faces. Some of them look a little bit different. Idris Elba's. You know looking all cool and stuff like that. Overall, the plot, I don't really know exactly what the plot is. There's not too much story delved into this into this trailer. But out of all the stuff, I guess King Shark is the thing that stands out the most. Really? It's so unique yeah. and different. And do you know what? Doesn't actually look that ridiculous. Like, Well, visually, like, King Shark usually, or for the most part, is a hammerhead shark. We've had on the CW shows King Shark, and he looks more of like an angrier version of what we get here. This King Shark is similar, not as cartoony, to what we get in the Harley Quinn animated series. But the reason why Gunn didn't use a hammerhead shark is because if you think about it, like he's got an eye face in the left, an eye face in the right, and visually, it would have been difficult having him interact with the characters. <laughs> so that's partly why it yeah. changed the design like, of the shark for this film. But it design works. wise and the CGI and, and stuff like that, it's like he kind of looks like 
a shark. Like, it looks like a real shark with yeah, legs. It does. Which and is kind of terrifying. But... Do you know what's interesting about King Shark, though? You might not have thought about this, but he's a shark. By that, I mean he isn't a man that is part shark. He is actually a shark, so he's a shark first, if that right. makes sense. So like Ninja Turtles. Well, if you think, yes, and, and um, a, a good example would be Killer Croc, the Batman sure. villain. He's a man, but has Croc, you know, abilities yeah, or yeah. appearances. So he's a man first. King Shark is actually a shark, but he's got legs. I, I'm, I'm here for this movie. Uh, we, we can't not talk about John Cena as Peacemaker. I mean, with the toilet, with the what, what do they say? The toilet seat on yeah, his head. Yeah, he's got the toilet seat on his head, like that's the helmet. And we know we're getting a HBO Max spin off TV series that has been written by James Gunn. That's how much he likes and believes in his character. But you, you've, you've, got that, you've got that scene in the trailer, and you've got Cena, and he's talking about, you know, like if the beach is completely covered with dicks. That line, and he basically, <laughs> like, if you had to clean them for liberty, I would say, no problemo. The delivery <laughs> that Cena has is pretty much Cena's delivery for every line ever that he's spoken in film. But it works brilliantly. I'm really digging the humour in this movie, just based on this trailer. Based on this trailer. But you know what? I'm still like, there's still a little bit of that old Suicide Squad that like burnt me a little bit. So like, I'm, always, I'm really cautious because how bonkers was that trailer? I get it. And the posters had, and all of that. Yeah, it had so a great trailer. With this, but I mean, I trust James Gunn to me deliver too. and not allow the marketing to fool us. But yeah, just a little part of me is like, Cautious. I'm cautious. But do you but know what? Overall, this, it looks it looks crazy. It looks good. Do you know what this Suicide Squad movie has that the first one didn't? Starro the Conqueror, mate. I cannot believe Starro is in this, and he's the big starfish. They make reference to a big Kaiju creature. Oh right, Starro. Okay, yeah. He was the big bat in the first Justice League appearance. The League went up against Starro. It creates small spores, takes over people's minds. The character poster for The Thinker, played by Peter Capaldi, Starro's all over that. But from what I'm hearing, Starro's said to be the big bad of this film, which is mental. It's really, like, it's the kind of character you wouldn't think it turned up in a Suicide Squad film, maybe a film with, I don't know, the Justice League. But <laughs> I, I'm here for it. Starro, mate. Crazy that Starro is in this trailer and he's said to be a bigger part of the film. I'm looking forward to it. August just can't come soon enough. All right, so let's, um, let's get into our movie news then. What have we got well, we can start with Disney Plus, and I very nearly brought back the streaming service news section. But I thought, <laughs> oh, just, at your request last time, I'll just fold it in and incorporate it as part <laughs> of movie news. Disney will now release Cruella 
on May 28th in cinemas and with premiere access on Disney+. Plus. Additionally, here's the big one, Black Widow will now release on July 9th in cinemas and with premiere access on Disney+. Plus. It's a big change there. Now, this is not the first time, of course, that Disney have done this, going back to Mulan, I believe, was the first one. Yeah, and that didn't really work well for them financially. They didn't really benefit. Raya and the Last Dragon is doing okay, but again, it's not really... Premier Access is... It's not bringing, bringing back what they want. It's theatrical money that they're still looking at. Yeah, that's where they 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 want Black Widow to release theatrically, but I think I think they're in the with the circumstances they're looking at both avenues and being like, let's get the best of both worlds and see what we can get. If there's a theater available and you can get to a theater and you want to watch it in a theater, you can. If not, you have the option to still access it if you want to fork out for it. And this is fine. Still, this is fine. Still having the option to watch it on the big screen, which will always be my preference. With yeah. movies like Black Widow. But Raya, like, I've not seen that yet. Just like with Mulan, I just waited until it was part of the regular monthly subscription. I didn't go premiere access. And if I'm honest, I, I'm probably just going to do the same with Cruella. I'll wait until they just make it available. But Black Widow, yeah, I'll be watching that on the big screen. But that was the movie to watch out for to see if Disney actually made it available as a premier access film and they have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just talking on the delay itself, not that much, not that much of a delay. We can't, I mean, we've waited this, this long. It's a year and or more like we've been waiting since it, since it was meant to come out. Like it's, it's crazy. But you know what? Uh, I saw a trailer for Black Widow and I've been trying to stay away from them to be honest. And it was a trailer I'd not seen before. And it was, it was um, ahead of Godzilla versus Kong. And I've got to be honest, I'm still hyped for the movie. It looks good. <laughs> and I saw things I'd not seen before. And I'm here for it. So, yeah, Black Widow, looking forward to it. Well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll keep things with, with Marvel Studios. And, I mean, just on the Black Widow delay, like, this is the upcoming, or this is the updated release schedule uh, for the Marvel Studios film. So, like you said, July 9th for Black Widow. Um, September 3rd for Shang-Chi, November 5th for Eternals, and Spider-Man 3 is December 17th. So, I mean, the second end of the year, the second half of the year, that it's all Marvel films. It's all happening. And I imagine there's still, there'll still be Disney Plus Marvel shows coming off, coming off hot. So it's all very exciting. But a bit of a, a, bit of a statement here from from Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. You know, there's been talk, Falcon Winter Soldier is all the, all the rage at the, at the current moment. It's all about, will Chris Evans come back as Captain America? Um, Kevin Feige says Chris Evans won't be returning to play Captain America in the MCU. That's the right answer. Good. Yeah. In the done. MCU, Captain America is my favorite character by far. But they've told that story. And I feel like they ended it the right way. I'm happy for Captain America to continue in a different capacity, as you say, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But yeah, let's leave, let's leave Chris Evans. We don't need to bring him back. We don't need to bring Danny Jr. back as Stark. 
what they did. Would you would was... you accept would you accept seeing one of them in like a quick like like a hallucination or like a flashback or I, like a I don't think it's needed vision or something, you know? Like... I just I just don't think it's needed. I mean you can do you could do things, you know, with Captain America, of course you could. But I think they've done it. Like, let's move on. Like, you mentioned those other characters we're getting, like Shang-Chi and Eternals. I've got to be honest, they weren't on my radar. I was thinking this year was Black Widow and then just in time for Christmas, Spider-Man. Completely <laughs> forgot we're getting Shang-Chi and Eternals. And I'm sure they're going to be great. But they just weren't on my radar at all. And I'm pretty sure Eternals is going to come out midway through the first season of Loki or the first like, half of the Loki series. I'm not sure how many episodes that's going to be. So we're going to get all mm. these MCU TV series and then movies. I'm loving MCU on the small screen on a Friday, whether it's WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But when these movies come out, I'll watch them. I just keep forgetting about them. I'm not sure if that's your... Well, I think, I think with things... I mean, you, you remember that they exist. You just keep forgetting when they, when they come out because... They've all had like seven different release dates. On that as well, actually. The Venom sequel has moved back three months to September. That's good. (laughs) Get to watch it in September. That's that's just a reminder that it was meant to come out three months before September, which I'm like, you know, again, wasn't on my radar. I know the movie exists. I know it's coming at some point. Was it meant to come out in July? No, June? Was it meant to come out in June? All, all I know, that first movie was a hit. <laughs> People loved it. And we're getting another one. Venom, let there be carnage. <laughs> oh, I'm moderately excited. Yeah, no, it's, that, that's fine. Um, Warner Brothers um, will return to theatrical releases in 2022. Um, so that is intended to end their HBO experiment of course, referring to the fact that they're simultaneously releasing theatre and HBO Max. Um, not films on in theatres and HBO Max, I should yeah. say. I'm, I'm taking that as a good sign, that things are seeming to yeah. progress. Um, Man, the, the, cynical, yeah. the cynical side of myself is like, you know, I imagine at some point studios do want to bypass the theatrical release as a middleman and just distribute their own content themselves but financially i don't see how that's viable so surely they need to rely on the theatrical and i think i think the good studios know that i think yes like disney know that theatrical release is where they make money i'm pretty sure there is a window and i'm thinking 45 days like as an example the suicide squad is going to be theatrical and HBO Max, but unlike other HBO Max releases, isn't going to be the same date. There's actually a delay between the two, which I think is the right is the right place to go. That's a move back into the right direction. Because obviously like the original sort of I say original, but before COVID, it was it was a 90-day window before between theatre and any sort of home release in any capacity. They've shrunken that to allow for, you know. The circumstances. So 45 days, I think that's a good... Yeah, and then if they eventually go back to 90 days, 
I think I think we're moving back towards in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. and that's starting to feel like. good again. Yeah, not every. Hey, like, I recognise not everybody can go to the cinema. Like whether it's because they've got families or they don't live in you know an area of the world where they've got easy access to the cinema, so having that option at home, you know, is good for them. But it is it's a worry, isn't it? Like you know, we both you know recently reviewed you know Godzilla King Kong, and ahead of that, you can just jump online and watch a HD version of that film. From the yeah, if you want to and, and, and go down that avenue, like. It's, That's the way. Yeah. It's just it is just a click away. All these movies. So whenever it's you know whether it's Disney Plus, you know, HBO Max, as soon as they're available for people to stream at home, there's going to be someone that's uploading it online. So we've had so many movies from HBO Max going back to an American Pickle. We've got Mortal Kombat coming out, and they're simultaneous releases. But again, Suicide Squad seems to be moving away from that dc let's talk dc i um I've, right. I've held off long enough we normally start with dc news you're welcome but i've um <laughs> i've moved it back a little bit because we had quite a bit of marvel news to get through and let's start with black adam we've got some more casting news pierce brosnan has been cast as dc superhero dr fate this has got me <laughs> Very, very excited. Brosnan is the latest key cast member to be added to the film, which will serve as the big screen debut of the Justice Society of America. Dr. Fate is a founding member of the group and possesses sorcery skills bestowed upon him by the Helmet of Fate. And this character is almost as old as Superman. First debuted in 1940s More Fun Comics, issue five. Fate, Doctor Fate. We've got James Bond as a. I mean, as that's a DC that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. I'm, yeah, he's I'm never like, done okay. this. He he's never done. He's this. never done a comic book movie, has no. he? This is the first one, and yes, this is a Black Adam movie. But we know that we're getting Atom Smasher, Cyclone, Hawkman. Yeah, they they're building the JSA on the big screen. We're currently seeing them on the small screen in the Star Girl TV series. But we're getting more and more JSA at the moment. Doctor Fate always being an interesting character, and Pierce Brosnan in a DC the, the film. Funny thing with Pierce Brosnan, like if you think about it, or at least in my opinion, anyway, I like. I find like he's really good in in any role that he does, even if the movie itself is is garbage. Like he's always just always on he's always giving it his all i reckon so yeah i think yeah i'm excited to get casting yeah very exciting dc just obviously they just go after talent and i think that there's nothing wrong with doing that take shazam fury of the gods for instance dame helen mirren has joined the cast um and will play the villain hesbira Everybody wants to be in a DC film, even a dame. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Saying that, though, she's kind of been in a DC movie already. She was in the film Red with Bruce Willis. That's right. She, yeah. She played okay. Victoria, the assassin. She probably didn't even realize that was a comic book movie, though. Yeah, to be true. honest. 
True. And but, it kind of, but the thing we've read, <laughs> it was like, it's, it opens with the DC logo, but it's really like multiple imprints within DC, but it still counts. It's a DC. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she's the um, she's the big bad. I'm excited about that. But it really does sound like everybody wants to be in a DC film, unless, of course, we're talking about Billy Crudup. For whatever reason, he's pulled out of the Flash. Has he actually pulled out, or was it? Yeah. Well, he's not in it. <laughs> it's oh, it's probably. Do you know what? It probably comes down to bloody scheduling conflict because you know this that's movie was to come out it? like yeah. this movie was to come out like twelve years ago, wasn't it? Like that's... Yeah, the studio likes to say scheduling conflicts it's uh <laughs> no but i mean legit this movie how long has this movie been has, has it taken this movie to be made i'm surprised even like i how busy Ezra Miller's is he still really? attached to it billy billy Crudup, how, I mean, uh, yeah no that's how busy that's is he good. i mean you know he's got a good career and yeah, nothing against him but i don't <laughs> think i'm sure they could have worked it out but instead they of could have found a way. instead of billy Crudup playing barry allen's dad Ron Livingston taking over. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> He's still got a dad. That, that's cool, I guess. And uh, he's still got it. <laughs> hey, Kiersey... gets out of prison. <laughs> oh, you've changed. <laughs> Kiersey Clemens confirmed to star as Iris West, who, of course, you would have seen in the the Snyder Cup, Zack Snyder's Justice League. She's in there. Barry rescues her. Um, but she's the same actress then, is it? Same actress. Yep. Oh, interesting. So she's back. Yeah. See, that's that's cool. That's interesting because you know we, as we know, that the Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League film is what they refer to as a cul-de-sac. It's not going anywhere, and yeah. we do have to it's, assume that yeah. a lot of the new stuff we saw isn't canon necessarily. Correct. But it's, yeah, there's an actress playing yeah. a character that wasn't featured previously. She's coming back. Same actress. That's interesting. She's been cast as Iris West for a long time, and her character was going to be in Justice League, but was cut. Do you think? Do you think it's there's a possibility that that scene of them interacting in the in Zack Snyder's Justice League could be incorporated into the Flash film, seeing as though within canon we still haven't met them and that's technically the first that's, time they oh, met that's, that's like a whole uh, i mean canon or would they canon would they redo an, an introduction of their meeting so maybe they meet in a different way but i've got to be honest i liked their meeting people have called it creepy online but i like their yeah, meeting yeah, absolutely in, in the snyder cut but did it happen is it going to happen the fact that dark side was introducing that movie but it's no longer canon so technically we, we, let's just move on. It's, <laughs> it's too much. We've not got time to get into it. Our <laughs> uh, man, um, the classic DC hero, is being developed as a feature film. The project will be penned by Gavin Gaines and Neil uh, Widener, but little else is available at this time, including which incarnation of Our Man the film will centre on. Um, basically, the character is a scientist who develops a miraculous vitamin he dubs Miraclo, which grants him superhuman strength and speed for one hour at a time. Restrictive. Restrictive, I think. Have you heard of this character? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> well, he, he's, uh, he plays a prominent part in the Stargirl TV series, because, again, that does have a lot of JSA characters in there. 
but yeah, there's been multiple versions of the characters. There is the original Our Man who, who created this drug, but then his son took over as the second Our Man, but he no longer needed to take that drug because he could just channel it, uh, but still for an hour, like channel it without actually taking the drug. And then fast forward to the future, there was an android named Our Man. So there you go. We're, we're going to get a version of the character. But, you know, we, we've talked about the fact that... We're going to get a version of a character I've never heard of before. Oh, How exciting. Just, you know, we're not talking it's about Man Steel 2 here. We're talking about our man. He's getting a film. But not just our <laughs> man, Zatanna. She's also getting, getting her own film. Promising young woman, writer-director Emerald Fennell will write the upcoming live-action feature film for DC's Satana. And if you're unfamiliar, she she's a magician. And how she uses her powers is by saying backwards what she would like to happen. So that'll be oh, interesting to hear. Oh, that really suck if you're on the spot and you're in like immediate danger. Well, she's no. learned how to say everything backwards. Like that's everything. everything, everything. She's learned she's everything. Got she's got it covered. <sighs> but I've got to be honest, right? She's a character in the comics that does irk me a little bit because you really got to slow down your pacing when you're reading her dialogue <laughs> to work out <laughs> what she's actually saying. So it should be interesting um, seeing in a movie. But Zatanna, you know, it's a character they've been talking about you know, making a feature-length film about for, the, for a long time. This character has featured in Smallville. I think that's the only time she's featured live action. I don't think she's been a part of the Arrowverse. I could be wrong. But big screen. There we go. At least another I've heard DC. of Zatanna. That's, that's yeah, something. Yeah, I know that, but it's <laughs> something there. Another DC she's known. movie she's... that isn't Man of Steel 2. That's okay. That's it. <laughs> Every DC movie for now. But is it Man of Steel 2? Um, Keanu Reeves is starring in and producing a Netflix live action film, an anime series adaption of Berserker. That's spelled B-R-Z-R-K-R for your listeners at home there. Uh, the comic he co-authored and co-created. So, I mean, there's ownership there, which is cool. Yeah, he's like an immortal warrior. It's in the present day. I've not read the comic, but that's the cover and the synopsis that I've read. <laughs> that's often, all you've read. Often image comics do this, and this was an image. I believe, was it Boom or somewhere like that, Boom Studios? But anyway, often you'll read the first issue of a, a new title, let's say it's an image comic, and it's like, ah, they're looking at selling a movie, right? <laughs> it's a movie pitch in a comic form. The Berserker comics screamed that to me. They're looking at launching well, a new franchise with Keanu Reeves. Well, and it's not it, a movie, but there you go. No, it is. It's a live action film and an anime series. So they've got two things. Oh, it's a, yeah, okay. It's, it's both. Yeah, yeah, no, they're gonna mistake, there, yeah. They've got a comic, an anime series, and a live action film, who they will no doubt cast Keanu Reeves. And I'm all for it, don't get me wrong, but it just, it reeked of movie pitch. <laughs> and then we've got the news. That's fine, that's okay. The Berserker. Good for them. And I'm glad that you spelled out how they're spelling that, because it's an interesting way of doing it. All right, let's talk Transformers. We're getting more, more 
Transformers. But this new film that's in development, it's from director Angel Manuel Soto and writer Marco Ramirez, not connected at all with the Michael Bay movies. All the spin-off, Bumblebee, which I did enjoy. So this is a completely different thing. Nothing which is... So when we, when we say completely, like, are you thinking essentially a reboot? Or are you thinking, okay, it could be set in the same universe, just like happening over there. It's its well, the own same, thing. It's separate. So it's separate to the main universe. It sounds like its own thing. Bumblebee was a spin-off. And they'll let you know that's what it's going to be. Whereas they're going out of their way to tell you that this movie will be separate. I think it's going to be its own thing. And I'm hoping it will be, if I'm honest. But saying It'd that... It'd be cool to see a, a brand new I'm, live action take, like something, something a bit I, different. I'd take something... I'm not, I'm not invested at all. I liked the first <laughs> Transformers movie, although I've not seen it since the big screen. Many, many years I know, it's still, it's still pretty fun. Well, that's it's good. Still, really yeah. enjoyed Bumblebee. That was great. But I've not enjoyed the Transformers sequels. So if they're going to do something separate to what's come before, I might check it out. Interesting. Well, actually, um, Michael, sorry, the, well, the, the director, he's also the guy that's um, developing the Static Shock movie that we talked about recently. Oh, right. Another DC character. Or a new DC guy. film that's not Man of Steel 2. Cool. Okay, calm down. Michael B. Jordan uh, is set to make his directorial debut with Creed 3, which is set for November 2022. Uh, So, yeah, obviously, Michael B. Jordan, the star of Creed and Creed 2. Yep. You know, Adonis Creed. Yeah, those Rocky movies, not about Rocky. Um, But still good. Still pretty good. Still Still good movies. Yeah, Yeah. that first one's solid. That first one yeah, is the second solid. one questionable. But it was okay. It was okay. It was alright. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about this before, and I thought you were going to say something, but it was the apparently Michael B. Jordan was looking to direct. Now it's official. It's actually happened. <laughs> okay. He's the director of the movie. Something we haven't talked about on the podcast though, and this news started coming out around about the time we did our last movie show, but there wasn't enough to go on at the time. We're getting a face off too. How can you take the face off a second time? I don't know. Bad I mean, how joke, could you so. take it off a first time? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love that movie. It is bonkers. It is like Nick Cage on top form, that first movie. So when they talked initially about doing a sequel, it was going to be a continuation of that world where they've actually come out and said now that the sequel will bring back the original movie's stars, Nick Cage and John Travolta, assuming they approve of the script. So what the director is basically saying, the movie can only happen if they're attached. He only wants to do a sequel if it is about their characters. I am all for that. Unfortunately, John Woo isn't back, but I'm here for more face-off. They like, do they switch again? Do they switch back? Just keep switching. (laughs) Honestly, one of my favorite ever Nick Cage performances, and there's many, but it's got to be Nick Cage, but playing Travolta's character, but wearing Nick Cage's face. And it is just, (laughs) oh man, it is just magic. It really is. Because it's, 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Nick Cage going really full Nick Cage. Brilliant. Face off. It's not it's right. So it's, it's not right. I really enjoy that movie, and it's crazy to me that it's available on Disney+. Plus. Well, you know, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Um, a third Ace Ventura film is in the works and is being written by the writers behind 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog film. Uh, I mean, we could also say, we could say a, a fourth Ace Ventura film is in the works. Well, in reality, it really is a third. Sure. You know, I, I just want to... I just want to... watched Pet Detective and When Nature Calls last year and I thought, you know what, for the first time ever, I'm going to go all the way and be a completist. And I'm going to watch Ace Ventura, Pet Detective Junior. I think after 10 minutes. Awful. <laughs> One of the worst things I have ever seen. So this will, yes, be the third Ace Ventura film. It's interesting that the, it's the writers behind Son of the Hedgehog, which also starred Jim Carrey. So hopefully they can bring him back because there's no word whether or not Carrey is attached. But again, the Junior movie. You can't do Ace Ventura without Jim Carrey, it's pointless. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just like one of those things, you know, like you, you catch up with this character, with a character many years later. It's sort of like, it, are, you, are, we, are we asking the question, you know, what does, what does a peck detective do, <laughs> you know, in their 50s, in their 60s? You know, are they, still, are they still as mature? You know, are they still talking out their ass? What are they doing? <laughs> you know, like, hey, that's the character. But I struggled with <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2. Because mm. what they were doing in that first movie back in 94 when the actors were younger and the characters were younger, you could, I could go with it more. But when they're older and they're still doing that same stuff, I didn't enjoy it as much. Because, and that could be a problem. But at the same time, if you're going to do Ace Ventura 3, the only way you can do it is by bringing back Jim Carrey. And it was funny. Yeah. In Sonic the Hedgehog, that's the best or the funniest Jim Carrey I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think Jim Carrey can still channel what made Jim Carrey great. Which he was can. Things, he, things like the... But he did it in Dumb and Dumber 2, but he was old. Or old, should I say. Yeah. And Lloyd Christmas wasn't as funny doing dumb shit when he was an old man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> in Jim Carrey, which was... At least, at least the Ace Ventura character isn't, isn't a stupid character. He's just, just a zany... Yeah. crazy immature character which is different but yeah maybe the same principles yeah andy garcia has signed on to star in the upcoming reboot of father of the bride like previous iterations of father of the bride it will focus on the father of a soon-to-be bride coming to terms with his daughter's nuptials however this time around it will be told through the relationships in a big sprawling cuban american family this is the random story. Like, <laughs> is it random? I mean, in the 90s, I don't know. Like, we got Steve yeah. Martin, and who did it originally? Steve Martin did it the second time. The first time, I think it was it Spencer Tracy that did it originally. So this is a story that has been told a couple of times before, and they're obviously approaching it from a different angle this time. Um, but it's like so. The last time we had Steve Martin, this time Andy Garcia. Okay. The guy that just pops up as bad guys in films. Great. Let's, let's, <laughs> gonna, let's, um, let's give it a whirl. I mean, I don't want to... I'm trying to be careful what I say here because it's like, okay, so the movie's being pitched, you know, it's going to be about this Cuban-American family and I'm not saying 
people from Cuba are, you know, uh, distasteful characters or anything negative like that. But like you said, Andy Garcia, he's often, you know, like a villainous kind of character. Is there going to be like a Cuban mafia kind of no, element? Is this like, no, is there like a Godfather no, kind I of thing happening here? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Fun no. for the bride, but it's like... I mean, Fun yeah. for the bride, also available on Disney+. Plus. I don't think we're going to go down the Godfather angle, to be honest. I don't know. It's this could just, be a very different interpretation. It's, it's a new take on the story, but I think essentially it's going to, the beats are going to be the same. They're just going to add, you know, the fact that it's going to be a sprawling Cuban American family. There's, there's going to be some lives and live characters, I'd imagine. But for the most part, it's going to be similar to those first two movies. All right, fair enough. I didn't realize all this right. was a random story or a story that didn't fit within all the other stories. I don't know. It's just Battle of the Bride. It's just really weird. Um, well, in my mind, you know, we've gone from Nick C- a story about Nick Cage, a story about Jim Carrey, and a story about a movie that once starred Steve Martin. It made sense. Well, there me. you go. There you go. Fair enough. Sony Pictures is in uh, early development on a new adaptation of the classic sitcom series Bewitched, which starred Elizabeth Montgomery. Now, this is... Interesting. We had a we had a we had a feature film. I can't remember when it was like two thousand almost like five ish two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Nicole Kidman and but what was weird about what well, interesting or weird, however you want to take it, was it was like the Bewitched show existed in that movie, but they were doing yes. a, a and then, reboot of yeah. the show. But then the with, the Kidman character really was a witch, and she was an the, actress, but she was a witch. Yeah, and one of the characters from the show was real and played by Steve Carell. It's been a while since I've seen it, and I did see that at the movie, so I went to, saw it on the big screen. I was um, I was watching all the Will Ferrell movies back then. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was it, trying to avoid was, them, but I was like, oh, it's Bewitched, I'll check it out, and I was, and it was like, what the hell? It was fine, whereas this sounds like it's going to be a more straight adaption. So what we've got on the small screen, that's what they're going to put on the big screen. So they're not going to try and do anything meta with it, I don't think. Now, I know, you know, like, when we get an announcement of a movie, usually, like, it's been in development for months and months and months. But do you think that there's, you know, WandaVision has been quite popular? Hey, that's a good point. And it, but, but it has been, obviously, very recent as well. Do you think there is like a bit of an influence? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. Featured the sitcom stuff. I think sometimes when they say early development, they're testing the waters. They want to see what people, how people respond. Okay. Oh, so it might not have even been that long. But it could be what you're talking about, though, maybe. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I mean, like WandaVision, it turned a lot of people onto older sitcoms that maybe they wouldn't have necessarily been too interested in. Um, yeah, it could be, but again, and what was that? That was like that. All the the witch stuff was like that was like January sort of thing, and then and maybe Sony Pictures was like, "Oh, hey, let's let's do a bewitch," you know. Early development could mean we had a conversation this morning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no, it, fair enough. It's very I vague, mean, but I think in the movie world, though, that's no, that's I, not normally how it is. I think you're onto something that a lot more. A lot of focus got put on Bewitched with WandaVision. Obviously, WandaVision ended up becoming something different, but it, it started there. 
Yeah. All right, well, that's it for um, the old movie news. Uh, we'll just jump straight into TV news. Batwoman reintroduces an altered Kate Kane with Krypton's Wallace Day taking over Ruby Rose's role. But just to be clear, Javisha Leslie will still continue to be the only Batwoman in the show. Now, you know I'm not actually watching this show, so I don't have any sort of, um, I guess, care. Um, but <laughs> I still think it's really bizarre with the whole, um, what was it, Ruby Rose or whatever, obviously leaving the show, however yep. that all went down. But just the fact that, uh, I mean, I, I still find it weird the fact that they replaced the character as opposed to just recasting as, as you know, what they're doing now with the Kate Kane character. Yeah. Um, okay. We, does it the, fit in the story? Does it work? That's my question. Okay. You're watching it. Yeah. 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 I'm one of the few that is still watching it. Like the, Ryan, the three people watching the show. Yeah. Ryan Wilder, the new Batwoman is a really cool character and we're getting a good performance um, from, am I pronouncing her name right? Uh, Javisha. I don't think I've actually heard I've actually say. heard people say it two different ways and it that's annoyed me. Um so it's either yeah, it's either Javisha or Zavisia. Okay. So, so I'll <laughs> stick with what I've been saying. Javisha. J- uh, it doesn't Javisha help. It doesn't, I can't help you. Yeah, I'm liking what she's doing. I am. And you know, to begin with, season two of Batwoman was moving away from from the Kate Kane character, although she was referenced heavily. But it's got to a point now where you had to do something, and does it? But does it? Does it work that someone else came in and was now Batwoman? Yeah, and does no, it, it does. work? No, it, like it completely the supporting it completely characters. Does. The storytelling's there. It completely works. There's a reason why she's there. There's a reason why um, visually the costumes are a little bit different. She works with the team. There's a reason why. If people like yourself have not seen it, I don't want to spoil it. But then, Kate Kane, the character, is still prominent and a big part of the show. And the more they mentioned it, you're like, well, come on. Like, you'd have thought they'd have had a clean break and moved away. But they've decided to have the character return, a different actress. But the interesting thing to note, as I said before, we're still only going to have one Batwoman, and it's Ryan Wilder. So even with Kate coming back, she's not taking back the mantle of Batwoman, which I'm okay with, if I'm honest. But it's going to be interesting how they reincorporate her back into the show. Alright, fair enough. Alright, um, later this year, Stargirl will return for its second season. Uh, Nick Tarabay is joining the series as Eclipso, the corrupted angel of vengeance. Um, in the comics, Eclipso focused his power through the Black Diamond. He was also able to possess almost anyone who held the diamond while entertaining thoughts of revenge. This is a cool character, Silver Age DC <laughs> character, He'd been referenced in the first season, but we'd not actually seen him until a poster they put out or like a character poster. And I shared it with you. And if people have oh, this the Ivan this image, image. <laughs> you said he looks like Ivan Ooze. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's an Ivan Ooze quality about it. It was like you know Ivan Ooze crossed with, I want to say Apocalypse, but Apocalypse kind of looked like Ivan Ooze. So. I'm into it. Yeah. It, look, it looks all right. And it's one of those no, things. it still looked cool. It wasn't a knockoff. I, I was just like, Influence. I reckon a lot of the CW bad guys on the DC shows look better in action. Ben Stiller, 
No, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, they're still images. But I'm just happy that they're just going for it. Like, if this was a character appearing on Smallville all those years ago, it'd have had glowing purple eyes. But other than that, it'd just been a bloke. So I like the <laughs> fact that although it looks a little <laughs> hokey at times, they go for it. They go, okay, they're so giving show, them the costumes they show design. Me the What's he look yeah. like on the page? We're going to do our best. And that's all I ask. <laughs> just try and do your best. And, you, you know, can't argue with that. No, it's that's exactly right. You know, I'd rather have, you know, him looking like Ivan Ooze than Purple Eyes, if I'm <laughs> honest. Uh, Michelle Gomez will be joining Doom Patrol Season 3 as Madame Rouge. She's described as a complicated and electrifying eccentric who arrives at Doom Manor with a very specific mission. If only she could remember it. Just want to talk about Doom Patrol. Love the show. The first two seasons. Very much looking forward to season three. And Michelle Gomez, Scottish actress. Fantastic. We got her as, this might be a spoiler, but she was a version of the Bastard in Doctor Who, but that was a couple of years ago now. And more recently, we got her in The Flight Attendant, and she was fantastic in that. Yeah, she's a great actress. Which, uh, which one was she in, um, in The Flight Attendant? She was the one that was trying to track down the flight attendant and blanking on the name. Oh, Cassie. one of the, one of the FBI, uh, the FBI agents. Not the FBI, no, she was the killer. She was the one that Cassie was trying to find initially and ended up teaming up. Oh, the, yes. yeah, the, um, that's yeah. Michelle Gomez. The associate of the dead yeah. guy. This sounds like we're having a conversation <laughs> that's not part of the podcast. <laughs> That was just me and you. Was, that was for nobody that else. Was just me. Yeah, no, no. And that's, <laughs> and that's, you know, okay. what, that's how that's how that's how how our show should be. You know, yeah. two guys having a chat, but also talking about the news in a very structured way. Uh, <laughs> the next news story, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just find it. Calm down. Um, <laughs> Casey Walfall has been cast in the lead role of the CW's. Naomi live action pilot based on the DC character created by Brian Michael Bendis, Davis F. Walker, and Jamal Campbell. Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. That's it. That is the character's name, and that is also her superhero name. It's a character. She's a teenager. She she discovers that she's part alien, has these superpowers, but they've only done a handful of issues in the comics. We don't really know too much about her. They just like rebooted DC Comics with Infinite Frontier, which is like their new thing, bringing on new creative talent. She's going to be a member of the Justice League because of who she is and where she's from. But we still don't know too much. It's kind of surprising that she's getting her own CW show. But- Does she have a civilian life? Yeah, she's Naomi. And then when she's a superhero, she's Naomi. Which is People are like, hey, there's that superhero named Naomi. I wonder if it's that chick over there also named Naomi. This <laughs> is the thing where it's, it's too early to tell based on the comics. It's been getting <laughs> to that thing when you had Walking Dead in the comics, Walking Dead on the TV show, or Game of Thrones is another example, where right. they were either behind each other at the same pace or one overtakes the other. So, I don't know. It might get to the point where if this show is successful, it'll overtake the comics and then the comic will follow the show. But at the moment, we just know <laughs> that she's now going to be joining the Justice League, previously a member of Young Justice. But we don't know too much. Just that she's very powerful. That's what they say. But, very strong. Yeah. 
Naomi. It's not got quite the same ring to it as, I don't know, Wonder Woman, Supergirl. But I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> Kingsley Benadir has been cast as the lead villain in Secret Invasion. This is the big Marvel show. We're going to get the Kree. We're first introduced to in the Captain Marvel movie. That's going to be pretty cool. He will star opposite Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel to more MCU TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I am surprised that we're getting a like a Nick Fury show, essentially. Um, I mean, my guess would have been that the next time we caught up with Fury would have been in, uh, in one of the big movies. He's not the lead, that's... though. I mean, as I say, like the lead but was made by Kingsley Benadir. But he's still, he's still in it, and there's still... He's going to be around. Ben, Mendelsohn's, ben Mendelsohn is going to be around as well. But Secret Invasion, it has to be different to the comics, because the comic was that a lot of people on Earth, including some Avengers, had been taken over by shapeshifting aliens. Yeah. And the aliens were looking to take over humanity. That's not the... I said Kree before, didn't I? That's not the scrolls that have been introduced, So. Not quite sure what the show's going to be. Well, they always yeah. like, like just like with Civil War, like they will, they'll always take a thematic similarities, but you know they'll they'll take a different story. But no, no, it's cool. It's cool either way. I'm um, into all right. It. Like, yeah, no, I I'm into it. You know, Secret Invasion is something a bit different. It's bringing you know characters from the big screen to the small screen, and there's going to be a mystery. So yeah. Sounds good. No, no, fair enough. Um, all right. Early development has begun on a Disney Plus series starring Alakwa Cox as Marvel's Echo. Cox will debut the deaf Native American hero in the upcoming Hawkeye series before partially starring in her own spin-off. Of course, Echo. Before potentially starring. Before potentially starring in her own spin-off. Echo. This is a character... Not through Hawkeye, but I read her in Daredevil. That's where I first read anything that, that would, character. That kind of makes sense. That would it, it does. But does Disney maybe not want to release Hawkeye first before like already talking about potential spin-offs of Echo? Yeah, no, yeah. It gets weird. It's it's yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. They're getting, they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves but then again we've just been talking about a dc show named naomi so <laughs> who knows who knows oh modok we talked about this uh, last episode but we've got some casting john ham will voice iron man in hulu's upcoming adult animated series modok which is um pretty cool nathan fillion has been cast as wonder man whoopi goldberg will voice pound cakes no idea who that is. And Bill Hader <laughs> is playing both Angar the Screamer and the leader, who you would know as a Incredible Hulk villain. The show will also feature classic X-Men villains like Mr. Sinister. All 10 episodes of the stop-motion series will premiere on Hulu Friday, 21st of May. Nice Still one. no release date for us here in Australia, but we spoke about it last time. It's got to be Star, hasn't it? We'll get it on Disney Plus at some point. But this show sounds fun, crazy. Um, 
again, Pancakes. Never heard of that character, but Whoopi Goldberg's going to voice her. So we've got that to <laughs> look forward to. Whoopi. All right. Um, bit of, uh, a bit of Pixar stuff here. Uh, Mindy Kaling is joining the Monsters at Work cast as Val Little. And Bonnie Hunt will be reprising her role as Miss Flint. July 2nd on Disney Plus, Monsters at Work. Um, is this one you're looking forward to? Um, I'm, you know, I'm, we've got yeah, all these I, plus shows. You've got I like kids. It, I like, yeah, and I like that's those your, first That's your ins. I like those first two movies. And yeah, I'll, um, I'll watch it. But this has been in the works for a very long time. Like I can't remember like, when we first talked about it, but it was a long time ago. But Monsters at Work, we're closer. July 2nd. I should call it Monsters in the Works. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Powerpuff Girls, live action show on the CW. Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, and Yana Peralt have been cast as Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup. And that is a, yeah, a live action Powerpuff Girls series <laughs> where the characters are obviously older. And there we go. That's a thing that is happening. Yeah. So we know Chloe Bennett from. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as right. Quake. Sky, then Daisy or Quake, whatever you want to call it. Dove Cameron was even in one of the seasons. She was a baddie right. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I think she was Sugar, in Goldbergs as well. Spice. And... Everything nice. We'll just have to wait and see who the cast is a professor. <laughs> but it's, I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't sound real. I need, to see, I need to see evidence that this is actually happening. Because the you idea that this is... <laughs> If this is fantastic, what if this is amazing? <laughs> just, oh, mate, come just on. Just allow I mean, yourself to possibly. Like, just... <laughs> I mean, we're not it even talking be. about teen angst here. Like, all the actresses are older than that. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to wait a second. Like, yeah, like, it is the CW, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Honestly, it at could, the moment, it's just. Could be kind of cool. And it's just be proof <laughs> that is happening. We're gonna get that first. We're gonna get that first, like you know, like, the, the look of the characters in costume, all, all, and we're gonna be either be like, "Well, that looks ridiculous," or that yeah, holy I, shit, I can't. That's amazing. I can't see it not looking ridiculous. But you know, I'm happy to be wrong. It's it could be interesting. Could be interesting. Um, Killing Eve will end with season four. Um, but there are several spin-offs in the works to extend the story. Have you watched this show yet? Nah. The first series is incredible. They do a thing, but the first... <laughs> and then what happens? Well, the showrunner on the first series was Phoebe Waller-Bridge, you know, famous for Fleabag. Um, yeah. Various other things. Like, she was in Solo as a droid, and she's in the <laughs> remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith with... Donald Glover. But anyway, right. Killing Eve, they purposely have a different female showrunner every series. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, tonally, it's a little bit different, but you're always it, having the main characters. Yeah, it's a great it, show. It, it was on my radar, you know, like Sandra O. Oh, great. You've got to watch it. Honestly, man, you I'll, have um, got you know, to like watch I was, it. Check yeah. out that first series. It, it, is, it is fantastic. It's one of the best. And it is a continuing story with Again, like different voices, whether it's in the writing, the directing. But it's great. But it, it's coming to an end. And 
I'm okay with that. Jodie Comer, she's obviously going on to bigger things, but Killing Eve as a show is excellent. It really is. Like it starts off so strong, but the the other series are still in, are still good. But you've got to check it out. You've got to. Kim's Convenience is a show that I know is on Netflix. I have never seen. If you're unfamiliar, it's a Canadian sitcom about a convenience store. That's what I found when I did my research. <laughs> but it's ending with its upcoming fifth season. And the reason why this is even something we're talking about at all, it's very rare that you, Jason, post something on our Facebook page. <laughs> I did post this. Yeah. You did post this. I saw it. And I was like, like it is quite strange. It's good because I do most of the posting on our page. It almost felt like somebody shared something on my personal page. I'm like, who's what? Kim's convenient. <laughs> yeah, like so, you've been hacked. You've been without hacked. us having a conversation about it, I felt if it was important enough for you to put it on no, our social no, media, I'd put it on the agenda. So this no, is the show it's, um, you watch. It's it's a pretty yeah no it's pretty it's not like the like most hilarious sort of sitcom out there kind of thing, but no, quite a nice little little show like um what i've watched all the four seasons that are on netflix um no season five yet um but i think the fifth season is has started in this in canada and the states and all that so no but good show and um the one of the one of the leads is is um to be our shang chi marvel's shang chi so all oh, right you know if you want, to, want a bit of exposure to who that guy is he's, he's in this show um uh, yeah no it's a it's just a nice show and Bit of a shame that they're they're wrapping it up. I have that's, heard that's good it. things from other people as well. So yeah, no, I mean it's there, isn't it? It's Netflix. Oh, it's yeah, like it's something to check out. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chris Rock's acclaimed semi-autobiographical live-action sitcom "Everybody Hates Chris" um, is getting an animated reboot series from CBS Studios. The um the original Everybody Hated Chris that ran from two thousand and five to uh, two thousand and nine and focused on Rock's teenage years in Brooklyn. Uh, I really I did like that show. Um, Rock is expected to narrate the animated show as he did the original, so at least we'll have that. Um, yeah, that'll really that'll, familiarity. Yeah, that'll bring it together. It'll help the continuation. I. I really liked that show when it was there. It was a good oh, show, yeah. eh? Terry Crews was great as the dad. It was, you know, the young Chris. It was, yeah, it was, it was a great show. I really, I reckon, really enjoyed it. I reckon if I watched that show again, I reckon I'd be relating to Terry Crews' character a lot more now. You know, oh, like, now you were dad, of course. Yeah. You, you know, well, being a dad, but also like, you know, having a job. And being a grown-up. Supporting a yep. family. Being a grown-up. It's like, turn that alarm clock off. 14 cents worth of electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I need, yeah, I, I could gladly go back and rewatch that show. It was great. So, okay, so they're going to continue it in animated form. And yeah, having Rock back as the narrator really would just help that continuation. Together, well, actually, yeah. speaking of the Wonder Years, they're doing a reboot and Don Cheadle will be the narrator. But this time, we've not got Kevin, we've got a different kid. Cheadle will voice the adult version of main character Dean, who will be played by Alicia Williams. Daniel Stern served as the narrator on the original series. That was obviously the original with Fred Savage. Was it, was it Daniel Stern? It was. You know what? I never knew that. 
Me neither until today, but yes, it was. Okay, it was of course. Cool. I was like, is that? I was like, I thought you were going to say like, mate, that's like a really well known. No, 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 I, I didn't know that. Yeah, random. There we go. Ah, well, but Wonder Years, it's it's coming back. So I guess if you're going to compare anything, like a modern comparison would be the Goldbergs, and you've got Patton Oswalt, yeah. who voices the adult version of the character. But yeah, Wonder Years, it's mm. coming back. Well, it's like, but like the Wonder Years, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a comedy as such. There was... Oh, it was like a dramedy, like a comedy drama. Like, yeah, yeah, but funny, there was more but... of an emphasis on yeah. the drama. and Yeah, definitely. It was a serious... But because it wasn't too serious because it's like... The world of kids, really. Like It's, it's, it's like nothing really dramatic. It's a show that I grew up watching but never loved. But I'm interested to see to see more. I think it, I think the show means a lot to a lot of people. But it yeah, does. Like, if it wasn't... If it didn't capture you at that time, that that's fine. But I think it was a big, it was, it was a big massive. deal, wasn't it? It was massive. I think yeah. it's the age because you know Fred Savage had the Wonder Years, but then his younger brother Ben Savage had Boy Meets World, which was a different thing. But I seem to have been at the right age for that show, so I kind of missed yeah. the Wonder Years. But I did see reruns when it was on, but I never. I think I'm the same with you. Like I was more. It. I was more Boy Meets World, or at least the reruns of Boy Meets World. Anyway. I watched it at Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney. Yeah. That's a great show. Do, anyway. you remember, do, you remember, do you remember when that show ended? Like how sad it was, but like yeah. happy sad. But then so years we were like later... Saying did... goodbye to their teacher and stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, like... Years later, they did Girls. No, we don't talk about that show. No. <laughs> no I saw the first show. episode. I was curious. <laughs> Not for you. Not for you. Um... Fiona Dourif will reprise her role of Nika on the upcoming horror show Chucky, a continuation of the Child's Play Killer Doll franchise. Um, Dourif initially portrayed the Chucky battling Nika in 2013's Curse of Chucky and reprised the part in 2017's Cult of Chucky. I completely forgot this show was coming. To it's be still coming. This is a sci-fi has it, original has it been delayed? show. Has it been delayed for some reason? I don't know or? about it being delayed. I think it's just been coming for a long time. Like we heard it's about it in the very early development stages and it's getting closer now. Because, yeah, this was happening and then we got the, the reboot on the big screen with Mark Hamill voicing Chucky and now this show's still coming. And it's always said to be a continuation of the films and this just yeah. like, adds well, that's, as well. That connective tissue with the, um, with the actors coming back. So... Yeah, cool, cool. All right, that's uh, that's it for all of our news. Um, we've got some recommends for everyone. Luke, what have you got for us? I'm going to recommend a show that off air I've recommended to you in the past, and it's a show that I I can say this now because it's actually ended. So as a beginning, middle, and end, this is a comedy that I can say I love. It's Superstore. I have I watched, good things. Oh, mate. I have watched this show from the very beginning. Like the first week that it aired, I was there and I've watched it for six years. It is such a good show. If you're unfamiliar, it follows a group of employees working at Cloud Nine, a big box store in St. Louis, Missouri. If you've got the characters facing several challenges while dealing with customers at the same time attending to their personal requirements. The series was created by Justin Spitzer, whose credits include Scrubs and The American Office. It stars America Ferreira, 
that was until her departure in the sixth season and Ben Feldman, who's going to be one of the main characters in Monsters at Work show we talked about earlier. Uh, the ensemble and supporting characters or cast includes Lauren Ash, Colton Dunn, Nick Santos, Mark McKenney, and more. It just goes on and on and on. I, I love this show. And, you know, we're going to go back to November 2015 and as recent as this month. And that's when the show finally had or, or finished. Here in, in Australia, it's on binge. The whole thing is made available. They fast-tracked season six, and it's just excellent. Workplace comedy, you know, I mentioned that, you know, the creator worked on The American Office. It, it's similar, but not the same. It very much is its, its own thing. I got to the finale, and I, I got quite emotional. And without spoiling it, I really like how they how they ended it, and it's it's solid. Like American sitcoms often go for a very very long time, and some I just keep watching just out of routine, like the Goldbergs. Yeah. So how long how long was this one? How long? How many seasons? Six seasons, six years. That's pretty. That's pretty decent. The Goldbergs have a chuckle every now and then, but I watch it out of routine. Whereas Superstore. It wasn't that. Like every episode packed a punch. It's funny. Like such a good ensemble characters. It's honestly, it is. It is so good on Netflix. I think they've got the first five seasons. But again, binge of all all six seasons. It's, I love that you can now recommend stuff on binge. I yeah, enjoy this. I know I've got binge now. <laughs> um, it's brilliant. Honestly, it really, it really is brilliant. Like you know, and characters grow. And I was reading online today, like where the, the writers were looking at taking the characters if they've got a season seven. The interesting thing, actually, about season six is that you don't see it often, especially in comedies, but COVID is a thing. So they're now it's a retail store, they're wearing masks, and it's very much a reality in the show. And usually, I don't want the real world, to, that, that aspect of the real world in TV, but it works with it being retail. Honestly, it's bloody... Excellent. And on one hand, it'd be like, oh, I wish they could just continue. But on the other hand, they found a nice way to end it. I think they had to bring the ending forward because they had at least a season seven planned. But it is excellent. Superstore. Check it out. No, that's that's really good. Because you know what I've been doing recently is is trying to fish for a new like sitcom to this sort of it. watch. Just like whether it's old or newish and uh, yeah, no, I'll, ch- I'll check this one out because honestly, I tried, I tried Shit's Creek. I tried what else did I try? Kimmy Schmidt seems um, seems pretty good, so I might keep on with that one. But uh, yeah, Superstar, I'll give, I'll give that a crack. Honestly, um, I I love it. Yeah. I really, I really do. No, um, like yeah, done. Check it done. out. Let me know done. I'll actually follow up with one of your recommends. <laughs> How rude! <laughs> All right. <laughs> What I've what I've got here is you've done a whole show. I'm just gonna do the first episode of this new Disney Plus series, The Mighty Ducks Game Changes. Um, this American sports comedy drama series um, is, of course, based on the 1992 film um, written by Stephen Brill. Um, it's basically just a just a television follow up set all these years later um 
you know, G-rated 45-minute first episode, dramedy kind of series. I had my doubts. I checked it out literally just to be, just because I was curious. But you know what? There's a cute, charm, kind nature to this show that, um, I don't know, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm into it. And I didn't think that was going to happen. I was, you know, first 10 minutes, I was... I was like, nah, this, this isn't going to be for me. But as the, as the episode progressed, I was like, yeah, I'm on board. And I'm just as shocked as you are. So, yeah, look, I'm only recommending the first episode at this stage. Just if anything, if you had hesitations, just like me, just to get in there and give it a shot and you might be pleasantly surprised. Um, but basically, I've got nothing else. So that's what I've got recommending for you. Hey, I watched it and thought it was excellent. You get to the midway point. And that's when you get Bombay come yes. back. You've got Emilio Estevez back in the role. And I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, the mum from Gilmore Girls is in yeah, it. You know, that's exciting. Until you There's... corrected me, I thought this was a movie. And yes, it's a TV <laughs> show. I thoroughly enjoyed that first episode. I'm in. You know, at first it's kids. It's a G-rated Disney show. We're grown-ups. Like, does it really have much to offer? It does. Oh, it's... Like, it's a lot of fun. No, nah, it's like the the Mighty Ducks team, you know, all these years later, you know, there's new kids under a new coach. It's pretty much run by all the asshole parents in the town. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Mighty Ducks are the villains. And That's there's right. like a new, there's a new ragtag team of kids and they're all like the underdogs. And I mean, suck it's at playing hockey, but they just want to have um, fun and play. <laughs> it's hard Great. to not draw comparisons with Cobra Kai. Have you heard that show? <laughs> Maybe the, this you is, know, this is Disney's <laughs> Cobra Kai. But it, it works. It's just right. like, like whacking each other with hockey sticks. Oh, the the ducks on. are no longer the underdogs. Like they're one of the star teams. So then a new team has to start where it's for people that just, for kids that just enjoy the game. And you know, I do know like, so there's 10 episodes in this season. And one of the episodes, for the most part, brings back the original ducks as adults from that first Wow, see, Lewis, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. I don't yeah. think Joshua Jackson's back, but the other guys are back. I'm into it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good good recommend. All right, some fine uh, recommends there. Now, I'll just wrap us up with some trivia. And just because you got really excited about Powerpuff Girls, I'm going to keep it Powerpuff <laughs> Girls related. Did you know? Because I didn't know this, but I found this out. Um, the Powerpuff Girls were originally called... Whoopass stew. What? What were they called? Our whoopass stew. Wow. No, I didn't. Yeah. So, so the trio's name changed to the Powerpuff Girls in 1998 when adult audiences disapproved of children hearing profanity. Obviously, the ass in whoopass. Um, so this whoopass stew, um, also known as whoopass stew, a sticky situation, oh, wow. um, was a. <laughs> it was worse. a one real. It was a one real film. It was like a short film, um, at like short film, animated film. Um, and first ever appearance of the Powerpuff Girls. It was a project that Craig McCracken made while in Cal Arts College in 1992. And I guess when they when it came time to developing it as a, as a, as a longer ongoing series, yeah, some creative changes were made, such as changing, you know, we'll pass you to the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Yeah, that's my trivia. I like it. That's good. It's good trivia. 
Hey, nay. Hey, nay. Uh, all right. So that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstew.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Godzilla vs. Kong. And Sounds Like Comics celebrated their 100th episode with Zack Snyder's Justice League. And stay tuned for an upcoming review of Thunder Force, the new Netflix movie. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. I've hit record. We just oh my bad. Sorry. Oh yeah. Oh shit. So just do it. And I literally did it. And then I started reading my notes and then realized nobody's. I was waiting. I was waiting for you to start. I don't remember. This is it. This is literally the opening of the show. All right. One take. One take.